Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah O'Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just <laughs> stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, only one episode, or were seemingly lost to time nearly half a century ago. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Let's go outside to get out of the rain. So, uh, welcome to Sesame Street. Welcome back! Oh yeah, welcome back! We've been in hiatus for a minute. Season five. <laughs> you good? I thought you'd you'd join in on that, and you didn't. No. <laughs> but we're I... back, and as chosen by our wonderful patrons, we are looking at the lost episode of Sesame Street, featuring the Wicked Witch of the West, Margaret Hamilton, the actress. Right. Um, <laughs> She is playing the Wicked Witch of the West throughout this. Right. Uh, this aired only once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it aired on February 10th, 1976. Uh, there was a letter writing campaign into PBS claiming that this episode was too scary for children. So it never aired again and kind of gained a cult status. Yes. As most lost media does. Yes, because it's the fam- I mean, it's a banned episode of something as innocent and child-friendly as Sesame Street. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to open by saying this. Uh, I'm going to give this a rating in two ways. Okay. I'm going to rate it on, is it should it stay doomed or is it worth going back and checking out? Or... And, and Or as well as, should it stay doomed or should it have not been banned? Oh, it actually did air a few times. Oh, okay. Um, but was ultimately not broadcast again right. after like that season. Yes. So, without any further ado, let's pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? I have the Betty Lou. The Betty Lou. It is a pink drink based with uh, watermelon seltzer mm-hmm. and over ice. Okay. Because in one uh, segment, Betty Lou and Bert go ice skating. Mm-hmm. And it is tinted pink and also has just a little bit of, you know, it has a little bit of vodka in it to get that stiffness for Bert. Ah, makes sense. Very nice. Very nice. How is it? I mean, it's it's mostly seltzer, and oh, okay. it's like a lot of pink food coloring. Gotcha. Today's Stay Doob drink is brought to you by the letter Z, as in Zenenia, or whatever the heck this brand of soda is. Oh, Zevia. Zevia. And oh, that's been in the house for a long time. And the letter I, as in ice cream, because it's a cream soda. And the number nine. Oh, D9. No. Bananas. Whoa. So it's, it's cream soda and 99 bananas. What? It should taste like an ice cream sundae. Yeah? Nope. <laughs> what does it taste like? Gross. It just tastes like gross. Yeah, I remember not particularly caring for that. Yeah. For 99 bananas? Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, For 
Uh, particularly this cream soda, because it has to me that has a very artificial taste. Mm-hmm. We just watched John Green try that version of Dr. Dr. Pepper, Pepper. <laughs> yeah, and he, he hated, hated it, it as much as I hate this cream soda. Yeah. Unlike Beatbox, we will not be asking Zevia to sponsor us. No, no also we will Beatbox not. sponsor us season five. Yeah, why don't you sponsor us now? They have a no sugar one now. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm putting you over Beatbox. Sponsor us. Sponsor us, us cowards. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into Sesame Street, episode 847. It seems, it, it's right, but it just seems so crazy. It's crazy that in the 70s, they were already on episode 847. Yeah, that... So they have to be in, like, the 4,000s now, right? Like, mathematically? 4,626 episodes of Sesame Street. That was close. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Let's count them all. One, two. Oh, let's not do that. Yeah, but I'm really, I was pleased that I got to do that. Yay. Okay. So we start with the theme song. Yes. Oh, we actually start with, because it was just resurfaced, we found like the, it starts yeah, with like the bars. color bars and like the production information, which we usually only see with like old pilots. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, I... Couldn't remember what I'm used to seeing with the intro of Sesame Street. It's not this. No. Because I, like as most young people, would watch Sesame Street as a toddler. And it started with Sunny Days. And it didn't sound like this and it didn't look like this. So it's rough because it is... Something I'm very familiar with that's off a bit. So it immediately became creepy to me. Yes. And it, like, to really think about it, this is such a creepy pasta story. Yeah. Like, it's an episode of a beloved children's show that was lost to time because of this frightening imagery in it. Like, it, that's how all creepy pastas start. Yes. You're, I mean, you're right. Yeah. And here we are, living it out. Yeah, I just, uh, we're so much more used to seeing ones that feature the uh, Muppet characters more in the intro. And something I found really interesting about this is we all know the story about, like, why Sesame Street was developed. Right. It was to help youth who had less access to education Mm -hmm. and to kind of set them up to be on equal ground with kids in more affluent areas that were getting access to, like, pre-kindergarten. So this was to kind of set it so that you didn't have the kids who went to pre-K and more prestigious, like, daycare situations. Right. And preschools. And they would come into kindergarten knowing considerably more than kids who did not have those advantages. And we always think of those communities being in urban areas. But if you watch this 1970s intro... It also has a lot of emphasis on rural areas. Yeah. Which is just not something I had thought of because so much of the narrative with Sesame Street and because Sesame Street takes place in a city, Mm -hmm. you think about it more as like, oh, it's a city area. But really, those rural areas were also fairly underserved at that point as well. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was interesting because we watched it. I was immediately like, oh, that's just something I hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. So... The episode starts with, I believe his name is Michael? David. David, David. 
Uh, David is mining uh, Mr. Hooper's store, and it's really windy. And he kind of comes out and he talks to us about how windy it is. Yeah. Wow. Boy, that wind sure is blowing. It came up all of a sudden. It's really, really strange. I mean, something must be going on up there with the weather. Boy, it's kind of spooky, you know, weird. And then he mentions that something is falling out of the sky. And he's able to, like, catch it before it crashes into him. And it's a broom. Yes. Uh, And then, creeping behind a corner, is the Wicked Witch of the West. Well, he catches the broom. And then goes, hey, a broom. And starts sweeping up trash. Yeah, because the wind had blown a bunch of debris. But he goes like, I'm going to sweep up this trash. To make sure we know that he's using the broom to sweep up garbage. Not leaves, not... He, like, specifically says trash to be peak offensive to the witch. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, that's something I noticed. Because, Mm -hmm. like, he could have just been sweeping up leaves because it was windy. And the witch emerges and she's furious just about the situation Mm -hmm. in general. She wants her broom. She's angry that she's over the rainbow. She's angry that David is using it to sweep up trash. Yes. So she goes to take it from him. And when she grabs it, there's this weird effect that plays. Yes. That almost like lightning is flashing. And like an electric noise is like a... And like everything's outlined in white. Yeah. And we are then given the exposition that the Wicked Witch cannot touch the broom if someone else is holding it. Yes. can't so much as lay a finger on that room as long as somebody else is holding on to it. That's not fair. Which, that is a convenient Sesame Street plot, right? That's not a Wizard of Oz plot? Correct. Okay. Because, like, I think she and Dorothy fight over the broom at one point. I thought so. And then she says, like, she starts yelling at David, give me back my broom, give me back my broom. And David says... Let me have it. You can't have the broom until you show me a little respect. Oh, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. And the witch has none of that. Yeah. And kind of poofs away. Yeah, she's furious at the concept that she has to treat other people like people. The, the whole time, David also refers to her as a mean old woman. Yeah. She will not be called a witch until the next, like, little plot interview. So, he's also, like, weirdly cool with the situation. Like, a witch has shown up. Dropped a broom on him, freaked out, and his whole thing was like, I would like respect, please. Not, yeah. holy crap, a witch. Uh, I have a moment of, why does this feel like a pro wrestling feud? Because mm. <laughs> it's about respect. Yeah, you're going to respect me. And seems to have started for apparently no reason. For a minor slight. Uh, so then, like, the thing about Sesame Street is the plot goes away, and we have some interstitials with various... Information and cartoons and songs. Yeah. So uh, we'll run through them. We won't, like, dissect every little bit unless we have something to say about them. Yeah. Uh, First one's about ink. Nothing really to say there. Uh, Then we get this, like, video of kids picking teams for some sort of sport. 
And the audio, the audio is so terrible, we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I have poor audio quality. I have no idea what's happening. Like... The uh, idea that back in the 70s, something like this could just air on television. <laughs> You're like, well, I can't understand anything. Uh, it fills two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and oh. then the next thing we saw was something you remembered. Oh. Because Sesame Street is super interesting because they do reuse these vignettes forever and ever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. So there are things that aired in the 60s and 70s that aired right up through our childhood and the childhoods of all the kids who came after us. Yes. And we get, and it like unlocks a core memory for me. We all live in a capital I. I, As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, right. And all day long, we're polishing the eye, scrubbing it here and rushing it there, polishing the eye so high in the air oh it hit me in all the right spots i highly recommend everyone as an adult go back and watch an episode of sesame street and just be like oh i used to sing this every day there's a there's a few songs that like still hit that for me of like but weird ones Mm -hmm. like whenever i hear huey lewis's it's hip to be a square oh you see the shape singing yeah a hundred percent or um Another one I was thinking of is the Crosswalk song. That I got a new way to walk. Oh. Walk, walk. Yes. I do remember that one. Yeah, that's a... And, like, my mom used to sing the library song to me, which explains a lot about everything that I ever became. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was such a library kid. Yeah. So, like, I would go to the... Anytime I went to the library with my mom, which was often because it was financially unsustainable to keep me in books. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would sing, like, books for you, books for me at the library. Ooh, I don't remember that one. Maybe because your mother didn't sing it to you no. every day for several years. And when I say several years, I want you to know I'm not talking about preschool. I'm talking about if I mentioned the library today, she yeah. would sing it. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I like the next vignette. I want to talk about it. Sure. It is uh, Bert and Betty Lou figure skating together. It is people in, like, Disney on ice looking costumes. It's clearly a rehearsal for a di- for a Muppets on ice or a Sesame Street on ice show. Yeah. Because they're in a skating rink that's completely empty. Yeah, like it's clearly a rehearsal that they're filming to like check. And it's, it's also very clear that they were just given the instructions. Just talk over this. Like yeah. there's no script. So it's Bert's going, I'm doing, doing stuff with my hands here. You see that? That was fun. This is the hep part. Oh, okay. I gotta touch my foot in a minute. Oh. Say ah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it. I. I have. It's like Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but like mm-hmm. kind of cute. Yeah. And then, like, weirdly flirt. And it's so funny because it's not what we're used to from Bert. Because it's like kind of almost weirdly flirty between Bert and Betty yes. Lou. They kiss at the end. Yeah, and you're like. Are these puppets going to, like, get together? Because that's not something we're used to from Sesame Street. Because, like, everyone knows what you say about Bert. Yeah. He's usually with, you know. We will later. (laughs) We will will be saying that soon. But he's usually, like, 
Usually with Ernie. You yeah. don't see Bet and like Betty Lou is less popular than Prairie Dawn. Mm-hmm. So Betty Lou's also just not somebody you think about very often. Mm-hmm. She's definitely an early Sesame Street character more than she's one you would think of today. Yeah. Uh, because Prairie Dawn kind of totally ate her lunch as the little blonde girl Muppet. Yeah, and she will eventually get, like, replaced by Abby Cadabby. Yeah, we you see less of Prairie Dawn and more of Abby Cadabby, but and, they don't... And what's her name? Zoe? Zoe, yes. Yeah. And her best friend, Rock. Because it's very interesting, and I'll just bring this up here, the the ones we are will not be seeing in this episode. This is an episode of Sesame Street that doesn't have Elmo. Elmo doesn't really... Elmo, yeah, Elmo's later. We don't really... Elmo starts to be popular, I want to say in the late 80s, early 90s. Because he was a what's it? He's a whatnot. A whatnot, excuse me. Yeah, and uh, Betty Lou and Prairie Dawn are what are called anything Muppets, mm-hmm. where... They were kind of originally made to be fluid. Yeah. And sometimes these characters catch fire, like Elmo, who becomes, you know, the whatnot. Yeah. And I think there's no Telly monster in this entire episode. Telly was more of a character at this point. Like, Elmo doesn't even appear in this. And Elmo won't appear even as a background character for five more years. Yeah, it's just, it's very interesting that... Elmo is probably the most iconic Sesame Street Muppet. You could probably fight that out with Cookie Monster. Yeah. Uh, and just doesn't exist. Yeah, there's like an easy... Or Big Bird. Yeah, so I'd say there's an easy top five. Yeah. Uh, it would definitely be Sesame... Or Sesame. <laughs> Sesame, the street. <laughs> Big Bird, Elmo, Cookie Monster, Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie, Elmo. Yeah. Yeah. But I would kind of put Bert and Ernie together. Together as one, yeah. Like, they are more iconic together than they are apart. Absolutely. Uh, Then we get another song that unlocks uh, another core memory for me. Yeah. It's a long, hard crime, but I'm gonna get there. It's a long, hard crime, but it's gonna get there. I can't do the voice and say the word climb, apparently. (laughs) Do you want to know the real title of it? Sure. It's called the Frog Struggle Song. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long, hard climb, but I'm gonna get there. Yeah, it's just this frog trying to get around it in a tree, and they play this song over it. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. It's a long, hard climb, but I'm gonna get there. And they reused that for like 25 years. Oh, there's a there's a big point I want to make a little bit later. They do re-record it eventually. Oh, do they? Yeah. With another frog or another song? Yes. Okay. A different singer, same song. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that. Um, my note. Hey, a frog! We have more Ivan yet. Yeah. The, there's one where it uses like black shavings. There's one about how eyes are great on a cold day, which... Uh, okay. Uh, so then we get back to Mr. Hooper's store. And David is talking to Maria. Yes. Which at one point I look at Laura and go, oh my God, that's the Maria. Yeah. Like, this is the same person that I saw on Sesame Street. Because she will be on this show forever. <laughs> yeah, like, she ultimately, like, has, like, 
She ultimately has a child who we see. Yeah. Because we looked it up. She leaves in 2015. Yes. Like, and this is from the 70s. She spent 40 years on Sesame Street. Like, because you also have Gabby, her daughter, who's a little older than we are. Okay. But, like, grows up on Sesame Street, too. On Sesame too. Street, yeah. And that's kind of wild to me of, like, you know, Maria, Marie's not with Luis yet. Ooh. Ooh, um, yeah. Sesame Street drums. So, David is entertaining the kids with the story from earlier. He yes. Is, because it's a little kid show, and it's been a minute. Yeah. We, um, we've, we, we had the whole frog struggle. We had <laughs> a whole issue with ink and uh, ice cream. Now we got to recap what had happened earlier. The witch appears in the store. She just poofs in. David, what is this? Some kind of a game? What is this, David? Some kind of a game? And calls Maria her little pretty. Yeah. Because it's Wizard Boss. And offers to quench her thirst. Because Maria's asked for a glass of water. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it begins to rain in the store as the witch... Right after the witch poofs away. And I was like, isn't this like the thing she can't do? Yeah, she can't do water. But she, like, poofs out and then makes it rain in there. And I was like, I feel like I would have gone with something. That doesn't kill me. Yeah. Uh, Another thing is, like, I think she tries to grab the broom again. And we get that, like, weird effect again. Yeah, it's which is, like, unnerving. And it should be noted, like, she appears out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just there's a puff of smoke and then she's there. She yells at them and then she makes it rain and disappears. And uh, now we're back to uh, more things about the letter I. Well, we're with, we get a Grover is a crappy waiter sketch. Yes. So I, I love Grover. I remember these sketches with the, the annoying customer who orders the alphabet soup and with, and there's missing letters. He's like, I need my J. Yeah. So he, he makes Grover go back and forth to like, oh, go back to the kitchen because there's no J, there's no X. And, like, kind of bullies him until Grover, like, manages to bring him soup Mm -hmm. that has all the letters, but by that point the soup's cold. Yes. And then, another another key memory. Yeah. Ooh, you looking at Tiger, and what do you see? Who you looking at Tiger, are you looking at me? You don't remember that one? No, there was actually like six interstitials before that. Really? Yes. That's the next one I have notes about. Because you don't care about the rest of them. (laughs) I guess I did not care. Uh, Because I I wanted to talk about, uh, it was one of those, the one with uh, nine people. That was that, it's just almost like a series of stills. Oh, yeah. Everyone please stand still so we can count you. Yes. That was definitely very strange. And then we get a weird vignette about just making pizza. I don't even remember this. It's really boring. Oh. Because it's like just people making pizza. Yeah. One thing I I do want to actually go back to that one where you count to nine. Yeah. I think they made kind of an error here in that it's nine people. They get all shuffled up and then they go back to the same position and count them again as nine. When you're a developing mind, uh, it's tough for, like, young children to realize that if you jumble up something, that there's still the same amount. 
Yeah. So I really wish that when they were like, please let me count you, if they stood in a different formation to kind of teach the lesson, this is still nine things, even though it's in a different order. Uh, but that's just, that's a small nitpick of the greatest children show of all time. So then, yes, who are you looking at, Tiger? Are you looking at me? Which we were both singing along with. Oh, yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, right. This. I, I kind of want to go back and watch more Sesame Street and be like, are there more songs that are just hiding in the back of my mind? There was one morning we were getting ready for a convention. Mm-hmm. Um, this is back when we had cable. And it was very, very early. Mm-hmm. It was like ungodly o'clock. Okay. And there's nothing on. Oh, yeah, we want Sesame Street. So we just put on Sesame Street for no apparent reason in, like, 2017. Yeah, I do remember this. And some of it was really similar. Mm. Like, I remember there being a couple of segments that we watched. I was like, this is a refilmed version of something I remember. Yeah. So the next scene we get that's plot. Yes. Is... David, Maria, and the kids who'd been in the store kind of come out, and they're, and Maria is just like, you should just give her her broom. Like, we could just stop this. This, this is my first issue with the show? Because he, he, she says, well, you could just give it back. And he goes, no, not until she treats me with dignity and respect. So the lesson here, kid, it's okay to steal from people who don't respect you. Because it's her broom. There's no reason for him to hold on to it, but... Not until he is met with dignity and respect. And then, Big Bird shows up. Yeah! It's good to see Big Bird. And they're like, Big Bird? I can't believe what I'm about to say. (laughs) Big Bird, you're not going to believe this. But there's a mean old witch that's trying to take this broom from me. And Big Bird responds, Well, well, no! No, I'm not going to. I'm a very brave bird, and I'm not afraid. I'm your friend, and I'm going to stay here and help you. If there's a witch bothering you, I'm going to help. Okay. Okay. Let's see. If I'm going to help fight off a witch or something, I guess guess I'll, I'll need a stick. All right. I'll fight the witch. I guess I'll need a stick or something. He grabs like a big a stick. stick. What do you mean? He's like, yeah, I'll beat her off. I'll beat her with a stick if she rolls around here. And uh, since she needs a stick, or he, what gender's Big Bird? I think Big Bird is coded male. Okay. Since he needs a stick, he takes the broom. And the witch shows up and is like, hey, give me back that broom. And once again, the witch grabs it. We get that effect. And then the witch yells, Oh, fudge. Oh, fudge. That makes me furious. Yes. Um, and we were like, that, what did she just, that, was that fudge? We, yeah. like, we, we rewind it and we're like, they didn't. No, she says fudge. Which like I thought of as being a substitute swear starting way later. Yeah. But also, it's a substitute square for the F word. <laughs> like, because we watched um, Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent. Yeah, and he has a bit with Cookie Monster, 
where there's... We're also here to tell you the word of the day. Ooh, today's word begins with the letter F. Oh, I love the letter F. I'm talking about the letter F. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I love F words. Yeah, I love the letter F. And the adults laugh because we're like, oh, that's funny because Roy Kent loves swearing. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, totally plays for me. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like stuff like that was so much more modern. I mean, I understand, like, with that, it's a, definitely a joke that is aimed over the heads of the kids. Which is so something Sesame Street was great with. Yeah. This, it's just like, well, she can't say the F word, so she'll say fudge. Yeah. Like, it would make more sense if she said, like, curses, I guess? Like the word curses. Like, oh, blast, or all oh, curses, or something. Which is, I think, like what she said in the movie. Yeah, she never says fudge in <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. No, curses is such, like, the generic witch. Like, oh, curses. Yeah. I mean, watch any cartoon of that era. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the, you know, I feel like I have a very strong core memory of Gargamel. Yeah. Yelling out curses. Yeah, that's right. Gargamel. Fight me. <laughs> So... Just felt weird. And then... She threatened to turn David into a basketball. I'll turn you into a basketball. Bones! Bones! Bones in a basket! (laughs) And then she threatens to turn Big Bird into a feather duster. Yes. And provides an example feather duster. (laughs) Uh, yeah, kind of scary. Yeah, kind of scary. I get it. Uh, and then she poofs away. Mm Mm-hmm. And, And uh, then we get my favorite sketch of the entire episode. Eeper. (laughs) <laughs> I want to point out that this episode in the 1970s does not have the same connotations it has in 2022. Oh, yeah. We were laughing pretty hard as Bert and Ernie are going to bed. And Ernie just goes, Boy, am I thirsty. So thirsty. Hey, Bert. I'm real thirsty, Bert. I'm a thirsty boy. I'm just real thirsty. Bert, can you uh, help me out? Because I'm real thirsty. If you're so thirsty, instead of talking about it, do something about it. Mm. Which is like very much that Tumblr, like, make me. Oh. Like, that's how a fan... If there is not at least one fan fiction that starts this way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I could ask you to help me with my thirst. (laughs) My next note is guess Betty Lou isn't getting lucky. No. (laughs) Because we watched this way too late at night. And I was tired when I took notes. And and then this is my absolute favorite thing. Ernie goes, you know what I'll do, Bert? I'll pretend to have a glass of water. I'll drink a pretend glass of water. And then Ernie goes, I know. I'll imagine that I'm drinking a nice tall glass of ice cold water. And Mimes, like, he has a glass in his hand. So his hand is cupped in a way like he's holding something to his mouth. Going, go, go, go. It's really bad. I'm real thirsty, Bert. Go, go. Do you want to help me? Go, go. It's like, guys, come on. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Bert eventually tries to go to sleep while Ernie gets up and gets himself a glass of water that he drinks loudly. Lays back in bed, and you know what? Now he's hungry. 
Hungry doesn't have the same connotation. No. So that one wasn't as bad. Uh, so then we get... This is such a weird thing, but I'm, I, that's what you listen to this podcast for. Yes. The unhappy hand. Yeah, the cooperation PSA. Yes, where the fingers of this hand, and it's like a puppeted hand, just a hand walking around. Uh, the fingers didn't get along with the thumb. And the thumb didn't get along with the fingers, but they wanted to use a top. Yes. So they had to work together. In my crazy brain, I had just watched The Dark Side of the Ring. Oh my god. Where no good can come of this on, on XPW, where one of the wrestlers gets attacked by a bunch of hitmen, and they cut his thumb off. And I was just like, oh, the Messiah can never use a top. And, then, and then as I'm having that thought, I'm like, this is not where my brain should be right now. My, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to bring that up. Welcome to my brain. Uh, we count to nine again. Uh, and then we get a, uh, a we get sketch. We get another nine sketch. Yes. And it's just it legitimately creepy and disturbing. To me, personally, yeah. jazz number nine. Yeah, it's just... Is this the one where he paints the nine on the sidewalk, or is this the the cartoon one? The cartoon that is them just, they keep, like... Nine! Yeah, and there's, like, the creepy guys in trench coats who hold their trench coats open, and they say the letters. Yeah, I could see how you could see that as creepy. And they had them for everything. They had them for every number between two and ten. But they were... The nine one creeped me out. I'm sorry. I have a note here that says, this looks like a brainwashing video from a dystopian horror film. Yeah. Like... Nine. It's giving clockwork orange. Yes. Okay, don't look at me like that. How many fingers do you Uh, see here? I hate you. All right. So the next sketch has my boy Cookie Monster. Yeah, it's Cookie Monster talking to Ernie about his new device, the cookie counter, who he can just... Tap it against a box and know how many cookies are in it. This is a toy I owned. The cookie counter? The cookie counter. It was basically the toy was uh, a calculator. Okay. And like also like it would display a number of cookies and you were like, hit the button for how many cookies there are. And there was like a, it looked like um, one of those tiger electronic games. Yeah. And Cookie Monster would be there and... There'd be cookies on screen. It's like, how many is it? It's like, oh, it's six. And if you were right, Cookie Monster got to eat all the cookies. And then there was a game where you could juggle cookies. Yes. It was nice. Uh, As soon as I heard Cookie Counter, I was like, corporate synergy. (laughs) I just, I'm always happy to Cookie Monster. And he's with Ernie in this. Yes. (laughs) My next note, I love him so much. (laughs) Yeah. Cookie Monster eats all the cookies in this sketch. Yeah, he makes uh, Ernie. Surprise. He makes Ernie hold the cookie counter up to his stomach where the cookies actually are. Yeah, where the cookies have now resided. And then we get this cute little sketch uh, explaining the words open and closed in Spanish. Yes. Abierto. Cerrado. Cerrado. And it's like a monster trying to open a box, and the box keeps snapping closed on him when he tries to put his hand in the box. Mm-hmm. Abierto. Cerrado. <laughs> uh, I, it's like. Very early Dora the Explorer. 
Yeah. Reminds me of like trying to teach kids basic words in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then we get back to the plot. We get back to the plot. The witch is kind of monologuing about her situation in front of Oscar the Grouch. I love it. And Oscar the Grouch then professes his love for the witch. Yes. And, uh... 11 out of 10. No notes. <laughs> then Big Bird. I told him I'd turn him into a feather duster. <laughs> feather duster, nothing at all. That didn't work either. Well, they all worked. They didn't work on them. You know something? You have got to be the most beautiful person I have ever seen. Oh! And she's, like, cool with Oscar. Yeah. Like, Oscar's, like, the only person on Sesame Street so far that she's not, like, I hate you. She's mm. like, nah, guy in the trash can, he's great. Yeah, you get me. Then, we cut back to Mr. Hooper's store. Because she transforms herself. Yeah. Into a sweet old lady. Into a sweet old Which lady. Which we do see before she goes up there. We, yes, We I as the forgot. audience see that she has done this. Mm-hmm. So that when she approaches the store, the audience does know who she is. Yes. Uh, Big Bird is posted outside the store with a baseball bat and a hockey stick. Yep. And I was like, if you see someone who doesn't treat you with dignity and respect because you've stolen from them, beat them off with sports equipment. (laughs) And brought to you by the letter I. <laughs> so, the witch still wants her broom. Like, she's just still trying to get it from them. But, so she comes in, in this, like, guise. And is trying to sweet talk David into letting her hold the broom. Yes. Because David does not realize she's the witch. There's a, there's a moment where she, like, Initially. Yeah. He he starts to get, like, suspicious. But at first, he's like, oh, there's a witch terrorizing Sesame Street. Like, be careful, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't really seem to catch on until she expresses too much interest in the broom. Yeah. And once she refuses to take the broom from his hands, yeah. she has to hold it, and he tries to hand it to her. It's like, yeah, could you put it down, and then I'll just pick it up? And that's when he's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, you're that witch. And he kind of takes this opportunity to be like, I'll give it to her if she asks nicely. Yeah. And she has a hard time with it, but she does. Yeah. She says, please. And he gives it to her. Yeah. Laura has banged her elbow (laughs) and is now trying to stifle cries so that we can continue with the podcast. I'm good. Good, I've been hurt worse than this. And um, once she gets the broom, she's like, hey, I got my broom! Poof! <laughs> it's a doll! <laughs> I got it! I got it! My broom! My broom! Uh, now, that you, now that you got it, what are you going to do? Do! I'm going to fly back to Oz as fast as lightning and never see Sesame Street again! <laughs> but she doesn't like... She's not like, ha-ha, suckers. Like... There, there's not a feeling of, oh, I learned how to ask nicely for No. Things. So she's like, I'm going to Oz. I'm never going to see you guys again. And then Maria is like, good job, David. You got rid of her. I'm like, you could have just given her the broom 20 yeah, minutes any ago. time. At any time, you could have just given the broom to her. Yeah, it, it seems a little uh, convoluted that David is praised for doing the thing he always knew would get rid of the witch. And just finally doing it. I guess the problem-solving aspect is that he got her to do so kind of in a polite manner. 
Mm-hmm. So then we get the next little sub lessons of up and down. Up and down. With Terry Monster, the big blue guy. I think his name is Terry. Uh, well, we first get uh, Roosevelt Franklin, which is just somebody I had forgotten about. Oh, I yeah. The stand up, sit down stuff. Mm-hmm. And he like kind of shows up. He's always in his school, like leading his oh, class doing yeah, I stuff. I didn't have any memory of this. He's not. He's not somebody I think about often. He's a, Everybody stand up. We're all standing up. Everybody sit down. We're all sitting down. Now you know the difference between up and down. Don't tell me I can't teach. He was kind of this like. He was the representative of like school life. Yeah. So I thought it was really really interesting that we see this kind of like. Because some kids who are watching this are going to, like, be in some kind of... Like, how old were you when you stopped watching Sesame Street? I watched a lot of Sesame Street because probably right around the age I would have stopped, my sister was born. So, I hardly think you would be the only child that affected. Yeah. Most people with younger siblings have probably watched something... In that age group, not their Mm -hmm. own. So I think having some representation of, like, what life is like for a slightly older child is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Of, like, continuing to uh, exist for that audience and simultaneously their preschool audience. And the preschool audience also... There's a very common thing with children's media of kids want to watch things about the next group up. Yeah. So, like... High School Musical, for instance, was not aimed at kids actively in high school at the time. Mm-hmm. It was aimed at middle schoolers. Right. Greek. Do you remember the show Greek? No. Uh, ABC Family had a show called Greek. I'm guessing it's about Greek life. Yes. But it was a very, like, child-friendly. Mm. Not child-friendly. High school-friendly? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So it was for kind of, like, people in their mid-teens of, like, this is what college is like if you're a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. The only uh, exception to this I can think of is a lot of high school dramas are meant for kids significantly, by kids I mean grown-ups, significantly older than high school. Like Riverdale is probably just as appealing to actual high schoolers as it is to people in their 30s who make fun of Riverdale. Mm -hmm. That's my one per episode. There you go. So I just thought that was funny of having this um, representation of school life. Yeah. Makes sense. But then Terry Monster, the blue guy. Uh, is like with one of the kids because there was always this kind of like Muppet talks to children bit. Yeah. And they're like, can you tell me what up and down are? And this child's like, up is up here. Down is down here. And he's like, three, maybe, this kid. And Terry Monster goes, oh, that's okay. That makes sense. Thank you for helping me explain what up and down are, John John. And I was like, John John. Wait a minute. I remember John John from when I watched Sesame Street. I remember actually having a conversation with my mom when I was very, very young. Uh, and she was like, well, who are your favorites on Sesame Street? And I was like, I like Cookie Monster and Grover. And she's like, "Do you, I don't like any of the kids is something that I said. Yeah. And my mom being like, you don't like John John? I was like, I like John John. 
John John was probably in his 30s when I was watching John John on Sesame Street. You want to see what John John looked like in 1989? Yes, I would. That is a grown man. Is a grown man in the Air Force? Yep. Wow. When I was watching John John, he was in the Air Force. Wow. That makes me so uncomfortable for some reason. Okay. All right. Yeah, he was mostly with... uh, He's mostly in these little, like, blue screen bits with, like, Harry or Grover or Bert. Harry monster. That's what it is. Excuse me. So then we get get something... We get another up and down. We get, like... There's a couple up and downs. Yeah, but there are these quick interstitials. Yeah. Of, like, a guy bouncing a ball up the steps, then it bounces down. Yeah. I don't have much to add about up and down. And then we get... Ooh. Here's your life. Here is your life. Here's your life start to... And I look at Laura and I was like, is it Guy Smiley time? And we're like... Oh, I hope it's Guy Smiley. Yes, it is America's favorite game show host. I love Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley. Uh, I was on a podcast a couple years ago called The Rank Room, where everybody submitted their top 10 uh, game show hosts. And then they, like, averaged the score together to come up with, like, who are the top ten. And Guy Smiley was on my list. (laughs) And I had to defend Guy Smiley. He did not make the top ten. But you know who did make the top ten? The hometown boy, J.D. Roth. How? Did they feel sorry for you? No. The way it worked was... Did I speak the audio real bad? Not too bad. Uh, the way it worked was if you put them number one, they got 10 points. And if you put them like number 10, they got one point, And then the numbers in between were the numbers in between. Uh, I put J.D. Roth as my number one. Uh, it was a podcast with five other people, four other people. I was the only one who knew who J.D. Roth was. But because I had put him so high, he was like, Eighth on the list. And they're like, so number eight is J.D. Roth. Noah, do you want to explain who that is? I'm surprised I didn't drop out of the ceiling and start screaming. (laughs) Who was number one? Uh, Number one was Alex Trebek. It was right after Alex had passed. Yes. Which is why that was the, like... He he is also truly great. And after watching all the guest hosts, it becomes very apparent that, like, not everyone can do that. Yes. Uh, and then they all yelled at me because I didn't include Regis on my list. Yeah. And I was like, I had to make room for Guy Smiley. Yeah, no, Guy Smiley is important. Uh, fully on board with Guy Smiley. Uh, I'll put a link to that podcast because it was fun. Uh, so and- he's talking to Bread. Oh, yes. He's talking to Bread. It's, it's here is your life, Bread. And, like, we talked to the farmer who, like, got the wheat and the 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 baker who baked it, mm-hmm. and Guy Smiley at one point says, "Yes, you love the bread. Yes, it's why true. Me? Why you? Because 
here's so wonderful and delicious and nutritious. I was like, oh, this is back in the 70s where we thought bread was nutritious. Yeah, the food pyramid days where you were supposed to have 6 to 11 servings of grain. I think this is pre-food pyramid. I think this is four food groups. Where the four food groups were bread, dairy, meat, and vegetables and fruits were combined into one of the food groups. There was no, you should have X amount of this. It was just, yeah, there's four types of food. Fruits and vegetables. Yo, you're right. That was the four food groups. Yeah. Before sugar was a food. (laughs) Yeah, before fats, oils, and sweets. Yeah, the food pyramid was 1992, which is why we don't remember it not existing as well. Because, like, that's kind of like when I was learning about the food groups would have been post-92, mm-hmm. pre-2005. I, I remember learning the four food groups and learning the food pyramid. Yes. Because fats, uh, oils, and sweets were used sparingly. Yes. Yeah, let me see if I can remember the, the, the food pyramid. This is a thing we were taught in school. Young yes. people who listen to this. We were supposed Youths. to have like eight servings of grain and bread. Six to 11. Six to 11. I have it in front of me bomb. right now. Yeah. And then the next layer were fruits and vegetables, I believe. Yes. We were supposed to have like eight. Uh, three to five vegetables, two to four fruit. Okay. That makes sense. The next layer up from that, I believe, are meat mm-hmm. and milk. Yes. <laughs> Two to three servings of each. Each a day. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous now. And then the top little triangle was sugars. Fats, oils, and sweets. Yeah. Like, and, and it might have been like zero to one at the top. Like, you, it's, it says use sparingly. Use sparingly, okay. But yeah, I, the base of a good diet was bread. And I still live like that. <laughs> I love bread. But uh, it, it was fun to watch because like... Do, do you know what they currently teach about nutrition? No. So it's, it's weird. It's like... I, I think it's supposed to be like meats, fruits vegetables, and then, like, there's a glass of milk off to the side. Yes. Because the dairy lobbyists... Oh, it's lobbyist, a plate now. Yeah. And the dairy lobbyists were like, I noticed you don't include any dairy in this. It's like, well, it's not needed. It's like, no, no, no. Here's money. You put that off to the side in a confusing graph. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, this is just things we were taught. Uh, there's something with an eagle. (laughs) Yeah, like, an eagle is flying over stuff and kids talk about it. It's another one of those, like, just kind of rough, uh, Mm -hmm. audio-wise. Mm-hmm. And then we find out the letter Z is also involved in this. Yes! We We also get some Zed stuff. Yep. Zip, zoom, zoom, zigzag, zany, zoo. Yeah. Alright. So then, we have another... We have another thing with the witch planning to leave. Yes. And uh, David's like, I'm glad she's leaving. He's like, well, you should have given her the broom earlier then. Yeah. It's just them, like, seeing her off. Yeah. And Big Bird's like, it was fun while you were here. Because things were exciting. Yeah. He got got to threaten people with a bat. (laughs) Yeah, I was wielding weapons when you were around. Uh, Sorry, Ernie just showed up. (laughs) You got thirsty. Thirsty bird. <laughs> uh, 
uh, <laughs> uh, just fun story. Uh, everyone in my school did an Ernie impression. Yeah, you have quite a good Ernie impression. You want to know why? Why? There was a kid we used to pick on <gasps> because he looked like Bert. So we, so, so we all got really good at doing an Ernie impression. You're so we could be like, evil. hey, Bert. <laughs> That's so mean. Why are you upset, Bert? Stop. <laughs> That's so... Sorry, un- Mike. <laughs> that is so unkind. <laughs> we, don't, we didn't mean to be mean, Bert. Stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping, Bert. Uh, don't call me Bert. <laughs> Oh my god, I'll get my eyebrows waxed. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, we then unlock more things in my, my mind with, Oh, can't you see? There's a bird on me. Oh, yeah. Oh, can't you see? There's a bird on me. And then just to make me happy, we do the capital I song again. Yes. And I was like, yes! <laughs> and I was like, it's the same It's the same song. And then just to upset Lara, we do the thing that scares her about the, letter, or the number nine again. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. There wasn't enough Z media. <laughs> Z is too difficult of a letter. So then we get the last scene of... Um, uh, we have... You know, the witch is flying through the sky and definitely not a green screen. Yeah. And she's trying to... Oh, it's not even a green screen. It's just a screen with, like, a fan on her. With, yeah. With, like, stuff blowing. And she goes, look, no hands! And she holds up her hands and then the wing kicks up and throws her broom. Yeah, and she goes, oh, fudge! Her. Look, look, no hands! Yes, she does. Again, just in case you missed it the first time. And it somehow lands on Sesame Street again in David's hand, and he begins to go like, I can't do this again. I can't. No, I can't do this again. You know how to solve this. Just give it back when she shows up. Right? Like, I don't know why we're so worried about this. But then we get, you know, this was brought to you by the letters I and Z and the number nine. And then we get a voiceover and the evil laugh of the Wicked Witch of the West. (laughs) I have to admit, this would have creeped me out as a kid. You know what really creeps me out? David crying, going, no, please, not again. While sunny days plays over a man crying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go through it again. <laughs> it's like, this is cruel. Now that you say it that way. He's so just much. having a mental breakdown. <laughs> And then the show ends. Yeah, so little kids were kind of freaked out by it. Um, <laughs> a touch. Because there was something really interesting about, like, Margaret Hamilton wanted to, like, continue doing mm-hmm. children's media. But, like, apparently when this episode would air, kids would have nightmares. Mm-hmm. And any time it aired, because it did air a few times, um... Anytime it aired, the network would get complaints. Yeah, because like the witch is doesn't do doesn't do anything especially evil or cruel, but is seen as very powerful. Yes. Like it it's an interesting thought that two people are talking and then the witch just appears in between them. That was a thing they said scared kids because a lot of times with uh, children's media, Mm. if you've noticed, a threat is something you almost kind of have to provoke. 
Right. To keep children feeling like I'm safe in my home, she can't come get me here. Right. Uh, and this is for like little kids media. I'm not talking about anything for like mm-hmm. goosebumps or are you afraid of the dark, where like it's gonna get you. Yeah. Um. But they, it's very much this. You know, at any moment she could just appear. Mm. Uh, there were also some people who didn't like it because it was a negative uh, depiction of witches. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, witches versus the hierarchy or whatever that subreddit is. And according to the Muppet Wiki, another viewer suggested bringing the Wicked Witch back to give the show's cast of characters the opportunity to win her over and like make her a good character. I, I think it is a huge missed opportunity that the witch doesn't learn anything. Yeah. The witch, like, if the whole point is, it, it's not teaching the lesson of say please. Yeah. Which is so obviously the lesson that should be being taught here. Like, no, if you're going to act like this, you're not going to get what you want. But if you're nice and kind and use the magic word, then yeah. Uh, I, I just, I want to bring up, because as adults, it's so easy to look at this and be like, this isn't scary. This would have creeped me out as a kid. But as a kid, I ha- this is my first memory. Because I-, I remember as a kid, this is so weird and so me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember as a kid having the thought, I don't remember yesterday. Okay. And being like, I don't understand how people can talk about the past because I don't remember yesterday. Yesterday was actually a word I struggled with. Okay. Because I remember being young and being like, remember when, not today and not tomorrow, but a day that happened? Because I didn't, I couldn't remember the word yesterday. Uh, so I remember as a kid being like, I'm going to try to remember this moment every day. Right. So that like I'd have a memory, mm-hmm. which is, it's very heady. Uh But as a result, I have this very clear memory where my entire world is like my house, basically, because I'm very young. Right. And I remember it's before we had carpets. So I'm sitting on hardwood floor. I'm eating oatmeal because it's before I decided I hated oatmeal. (laughs) And saying that my cousin was afraid of the big bad wolf. And I told her not to be afraid because it's just a story. Yeah. That's what I was told. Mm -hmm. It's not real. My mom was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I told her there's no such thing as wolves. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And my mom was like, well, no, there are wolves. And this is the moment, like, as a child, I was like, oh, just because it happens on television doesn't mean it's completely not real. Yeah. So now I'm in this limbo of like some stuff I see in here is real and not just entertainment for me. So this episode would have totally messed me up. Yet some idiot in my life made it a point to try to console me when I was afraid of vampires at one point told me, don't worry, vampires only come out when it thunderstorms. That's not good. (laughs) Yeah, what do you think happened the next time it thunderstorms? Mm -hmm. And then they told me they only came out at 11 o'clock because I was very, very young. You go to bed. And I remember like one time I was walking home at night, like, and I lived in a heavily wooded area, wa- li- literally, you know, teenage girl walking home from a friend's house at like 11 o'clock at night and it's starting to rain. I remembered having the thought of, uh-oh. <laughs> like that little lizard voice in my brain was like, 
It's 11. I was like, oh, it's late and I'm walking home. I'm a teenage girl. Oh, no. I've seen this movie. I don't live that long. So. It's just, this really made me realize how delicate the young mind is. Yeah. Because, like, I still have those memories from, like, young and, like, seeing the Capital I song and being like, oh, yes, I remember this. Like, I could definitely see the damage of this episode. I think it's uh, verdict time. Unless you had anything else to add? Any fun research? Um, I mean, we just kind of talked about it. There's a lot of... Uh, the Sesame Street wiki has fascinatingly a ton of shots of the postcards. Uh, oh, that, that people writ, wrote in? Yes. Including uh, Hillary, age three and a half. I do not like that witch to be on Sesame Street. Please don't have her there anymore. I am scared of it. Love mm-hmm. Hillary. Uh, just kids kind of complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Children's Television Workshop, about two months later, was like, yeah, maybe maybe we just don't re-air this. They yeah. did do a focus group with 25 kids to kind of be like, hey, what, how are you doing with this? And they were attentive during it because it was scary. But uh, they said, like, maybe we just don't run it. Yeah, I mean, like... With, you have 800 episodes. Like, it's so easy to just be like, yeah, maybe this is not one that we we harp on and we just don't rerun this. Which is why a lot of kids who grew up in the 70s struggle with the letter I. It's because this episode didn't run. Uh, no. Uh, so, verdict-wise. Yeah. Let's. You good, verdict, Chief? Verdict-wise. Let's uh, let's t- talk about this because one thing I want to bring up is something that you said when we were first doing this. You were like, "I was a smart little kid. I would have made a note of what this episode looked like, yes, and then made sure I just never watched this episode." However, how many episodes had what you looking at, Tiger? And it's a long, hard climb. Yeah, the. Because I was very much, uh, I didn't like credits. That's always been like a thing we've talked about in the show is like, I have this weird, I have and like had and have this extremely weird phobia of credits. And I'm aware it's weird. Uh, Marvel has uh, really done a number on me on that one where it's just like, no, you got to sit through 20 minutes of credits. Sit through all the credits. And genuinely very uneasy every time. Yeah. They usually make it worth my while, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm always just like, during it. But I know there were certain episodes of shows that I would avoid. That being said, this show does start with the Wicked Witch. So if I got it at the beginning, I would have been like, okay, nope, 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 nope. Right. But if I started in the middle, it would yeah. get me. Because okay. like... There, there's Yeah, because so many episodes had, you know, we all live in a capital I... And counting to ten and all that other stuff. On top of that, like, at this time, it's, you know, it's the 70s. Mommy needs her mommy time. Yes. This is the time that we put the kid in front of the TV. Oh, no, it's the scary episode. Because it was the 70s. There's not a... You can't switch over now to Nickelodeon or something else. No. This is the only thing. And now it's scary. So now you have to figure out what to do with your kid for an hour, and this is the time that you usually get other stuff done. Yeah. 
Uh, so, for my verdict, should this have been pulled? Yes, stay duped. Okay. I, I think that pulling this episode is the correct thing to do. Is it worth going back and looking at as a curio? Yeah. Absolutely. Stay Absolutely. tuned. Stay tuned for me. I agree on both counts. I agree that this might not have necessarily been the best thing for that audience of little, little kids. Mm -hmm. I think there's value in media for kids being a little scary. I think there's absolutely value in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think preschool might be a little too early. I mean, but like I also think of all of the like scary things I remember seeing as a kid. Uh, one thing that pops into my head is the big, scary, one-eyed monster from Pee-wee's Playhouse. Okay. And, like, it was very scary. And he would jump out and be like, blah, 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 and there'd be screaming, and then it would cut to cartoons. And then, at the end, he goes, a sandwich. So Pee-wee makes him a sandwich. And then Pee-wee just realized he doesn't speak English. So he, like gets a translator and it's like hi my name's jerry i'm sorry i scared you <laughs> and it's like well just because you're different doesn't mean you're scary it's like, oh okay Lef lesson taught here yeah that's all missing in this yes like if a kid a kid could watch this and at the end the the witch is like oh it's so nice to use your manners i i won't be wicked anymore yeah you could at least then have like oh no it's the wicked witch and you're, I remember this episode. And your mom would be like, yeah, but she turns out to be nice at the end. Exactly. And not having that is a huge misstep. I remember being a little unnerved by the slasher episode of Boy Meets World. Oh, yes. Uh, I remember, like, not being, like, actively terrified of it. Because it, I, I was a little bit older when it ran. And then there was Sean. Yes. I, yeah, I but remember I was about this one. 10. Mm-hmm. And again, it was a show about high schoolers. I would have been in upper elementary school at that point. Yeah. So I just remember being like kind of creeped out because, they, and if you go back and watch it, they're all very silly deaths. Yes. Like they're nothing graphic at all. Like several characters get killed by some books falling on them. Yeah. Um. But I was just kind of like thinking about how it dabbles in that, like, scariness. Mm-hmm. And it does have the, like, or did it ending. Yeah, it's all a dream. Yeah, it's all a dream, but we do see the killer at the end. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting. But I think there is legitimately value in scary media for children. I think... But I think Sesame Street is... Especially... Let me rephrase that. When you're the only game in town, like a Sesame Street... It's a little bit harder. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, what were the scary things for kids when we were growing up? Not goosebumps, not are you afraid of the dark. Not the things that, like, you knew were scary and you could turn off when they were about to start. Uh, I remember Eureka's Castle's uh, Halloween special and being very excited for it and constantly being like, Mom, let's watch this together. And my mom had no interest in watching it. And I was like, no, I want you to watch this with me because it's scary. And I believe that was the same, like, scary monster shows up, turns out to be friendly at the end type thing. Yeah. Uh, I loved Eureka's Castle. Yeah. Like, that one I remember watching and being like, this is great. I love it. Do you 
remember a special called Halloween is Grinch Night? No. Uh, it's... Halloween is Grinch Night is a follow-up to uh, the Grinch Who Christmas, obviously. And this aired in the 70s because it was the 70s. Uh, 70s were a weird time. Everything mm-hmm. is... Everything in, for kids is like a little creepy. And... It never really talks about Halloween specifically, but it aired as a Halloween special. And it's about a who named Eucariah. When the sour sweet wind blows. And like the Grinch comes to town and just tries to scare this little who. Hmm. And the song is so intentionally disturbing and the visuals are so intentionally disturbing. I remember being so freaked out by it as a little kid because like my aunt had a VHS of it because of course she did mm-hmm. but I'd always want to watch it again interesting because I was like I'm, I'm not afraid of this I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Eucariah Grinch thing because I didn't know the phrase Halloween is Grinch and I was like I'm gonna watch Eucariah again because that's way more normal for me to know but like those kind of like scary things that don't feel like context right uh, Zeke the Plumber Seek the Plumber's a good one, yeah. I can smell your fear. It um, says, salute your shorts. Curse the Cowardly Dog, I think, falls in that, like, basket. More adult. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, I think about what... Sca- I always think about that Thanksgiving special. Oh, the, the, the Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon one? one? Yeah. And how... I We're eventually going to watch it, probably for this. Mm-hmm. But I know it's going to freak me out. Or the Mark Summers Magicians one. Yes. Yeah. Mark Summers and Lance Burton. Which we watched. That, which we watched not for this show. Yeah, we just watched ago. Because one day. So, yeah, it just like, I find it really interesting to think about what freaked us out when we were kids. So I, just, I think that's a really interesting thing. And I know that's something we are looking to explore later on. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's something I like thinking about of like the relationship between children's media and horror media. Yeah. And I feel like this is really, with the nature of it feeling kind of like a creepypasta, this is Mm. such a good intersection of children's media and horror media. Yeah. But it is a perfect creepypasta. Like it's an old VHS. Like it has some of that VHS feel to it. Yeah. Starting with the color bars and the like filmed on... It's, it was definitely a very interesting experience going through this, knowing what it was. But that's going to do us here at uh, Stay Doomed HQ. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to become a wonderful patron, please be sure to check out patreon.com slash plus two comedy, and you can help decide on what we watch next time. By the way, what are we watching next week? We are watching 2003's Boy Meets Boy. Ooh. It is a one of the first... Uh, reality shows that has LGBTQIA themes. Yes, yes, a Bravo show, I believe. I don't know why I said LGBTQIA. It's not terribly inclusive. It's just yeah. cis gay men. Yes, very um, true. But it's the first, uh, it's one of the Couple first. letters. I, I was going to say it's one of the first to not be just straight people. Yes, very true, very true. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about the capital I, 
capital I. I'm at TV's Noah on Instagram. And if you are a Cookie Monster stan, I am at Priorities on Twitter. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>